0: Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the 19th episode of the OdaFest podcast. This is the second episode of the season, the second season we've just started up Um, and we're here at OdaFest Aurora live with Eric Stewart, our special guest. Uh, I'm Jay. I'm Dio. I'm Alfred. I'm Eric. Ooh, Eric. new Eric's known for a couple of things. Eric's known uh, for a couple of things. Just, uh, just a couple of things here and there. I uh, just want to thank our sponsors real quick. Uh, Funimation Now, Level 1 Escape Room, and Memory Express. Thank you very uh, we'll much. We'll be talking about them a little bit later. But I promise we won't be filling the waves with too much ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, however... Corporate
1: sponsorship is good, just not too much of it.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, Alfred, do you have some... Odafest stuff
1: you'd like to tell us about? Well, first of all, I don't know if you guys noticed or not. It's Odafest Aurora 2016. Yeah, we here. Now? <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, we're right here. You guys been enjoying yourself so far? Yeah. Ooh, yay. Uh, so thank you guys for making it out. Uh, we got a ton of amazing stuff waiting for you today, so be sure to visit our cosplay contests. Uh, the video gaming room is huge this year. or in this uh, symposium room, I believe. Yep. And uh, we have our maid cafe and photo booth in Heritage Hall. I hope you guys all check that out. Got some nice tea, um, nice trinkets there. Uh, and the Exhibitors Hall, of course, and that's located in the main atrium. You had to go through it to get here, so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hope you can see that. And uh, we have special guest events featuring Inela Cosplay, Stephanie Shea, and of course, Mr. Eric Stewart, alongside all of the amazing community panels. Really, without the community panels, this con would be nothing. So thank you guys. If you have, you know, if you're panel runners, we really value you. Thank you very much.
0: If you're thinking of hosting a panel, Please do. Submit it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, um, hopefully everyone knows the schedule by now. Uh, <laughs> if you don't, you can visit sketch.org. That's OdaFest 2016.skedge.org to customize your schedule. And last but not least, OdaFest 2017 passes are available now for pre-purchase. Everyone can save $20 off the door price for purchasing their OdaFest 2017 pass using early bird pricing, which is only $40 for the entire convention weekend when you register before December 31st of this year. OdaFest 2017 will be held downtown at the TELUS Convention Center from June 30th to July 2nd. Mm-hmm. Visit odafest.com slash tickets to buy your pass online.
0: So yeah. Yeah. You can save some money. Save some money. For the whole weekend. Mm-hmm. That's basically a whole day's worth of activities that you can essentially get for free. Who's, who's
1: pre-purchased their pass already for Odafest? Do it now. Do it now. <gasps> do it now. Nobody. That's right. If you guys you are like best it. friends, you can
0: be like, I'll buy it for you for Christmas. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's, a, that's a Christmas Christmas good Christmas present. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: exactly. Odafest tickets. Yep. You're welcome.
0: So I want to jump straight ahead because I'm actually really excited. Um, we've had a chance to talk a little bit before uh, Mr. meeting Mr. Eric Stewart here, uh, voice actor and band talent extraordinaire. Thank you. <laughs> Hailing modestly. from Nashville, Tennessee, weighing in at...
1: in the
2: black hat it's all of those little um, what are those Tim bits you keep giving me oh god
1: (laughs) have you you been enjoying Tim Hortons at all Like the the Canadian cuisine
2: I actually I love uh, Tim I know they're not sponsoring they should sponsor you I I love their coffee (laughs) and um, I actually have a Tim um, mug at home that I drink my. oh okay
0: when was the last time you were in Canada
2: Oh, goodness. Uh, maybe about a month ago? No? Uh, yeah, maybe a month ago I did a convention in Montreal. Uh, oh, right? cool. Okay. I've also done one in London, Ontario. Is that an
1: otaku over in Montreal? Yep. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Our friends over at otaku yeah. yeah, that was a
2: lot of fun. It was ah. a lot of fun. Yeah, it yeah. gave me a chance to practice my bad French.
1: See, so, yeah, that, so, yeah, that's that's French Canada, though. It's a little, it's <laughs> a little yes. different from normal, Plus, normal, from normal Canada. We all have bad French. All of us. Um, let do fromage? Yeah. We beg it? Yeah, just
0: in case for some reason you don't know what our friend here does, he is Seto Kaiba of the Yu-Gi-Oh! series.
1: Of Yu-Gi-Oh! fame, yes. Uh,
0: he is, has roles as Brock and James. And Pokemon, James. The original
1: series. That blew my mind when I first saw that. Yeah, it so
0: many, and like, just a bunch of random Pokemon voices. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, the, I, when I was looking everything up, your most consistent one was Squirtle, and I love yeah. this. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Squirtle was the first Pokemon that I got to voice, and my favorite as well, because
0: he wears ray uh, bands. Those sweet sunglasses? He wears
2: ray bands, and I thought that, you know, that was... He's that cool. Made, yeah. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, Gary Gabriel of Slayers, mm-hmm. which is a beautiful classic, and basically if you're a 90s nerd... Yep. Uh, you Eric's, grew up on those shows. Yeah. Eric's voice has been part of your childhood, whether you liked it or not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only, only the good part. The other stuff is one of your siblings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, How's, how do you like Aurora so far? I mean, it's a little bit different. It's winter con, so... It's a, um, yeah, yeah, but you guys
2: uh, brought the nice weather for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. brought it up from Tennessee. Oh. Yeah, that, miss, that, that, yeah, Yeah.
1: you brought it with you. No, it's... um. Aurora, wow. yeah, two years ago we, yeah. we had a, it was a minus thirty. Uh, just the blizzard, it was a blizzard. We
0: appreciate everyone who actually made it out. People will, like will travel over from nearby cities and stuff, but the roads were so bad. Yeah, and so it was like it. It's not it, on the convention side of things as an organizer. It is a little bit frustrating, but I mean, it's something you can't control. It's out of your, uh, right? It's out of your ability. So you just kind of you just appreciate that much more about people who can, who, who make it in safely. Yeah, yeah exactly. We, yeah. yeah, we're not going Yeah, we were at one point. We're like, no, just. Stay where Just you stay yeah, at home. I definitely stay
1: heard. Yeah. I definitely
3: heard about a few car accidents when I got to the con. Yeah. I spun out on the way to the con. It yeah. was a. But this
1: year, this year we're good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we've got like a little. This is taste better than of some summer. of our summer cons. Yeah, <laughs> it kind of is.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I grew up in New York, and so I, you know, I had I had to shovel my walk, and I, you know, I've seen snow, and of course, now that I've I moved to Nashville, um, I guess I've lived there now about eight years. Um, Do you miss I, it? I don't miss the snow. No. I, no. I do still <laughs> have uh, no a snow shovel in my garage, which I think one of my neighbors asked me the other day what that was. Because um, <laughs> they've never seen one before. And we do get a little bit of snow, uh, but it's kind of a joke uh, yeah, in yeah. Nashville. But, yeah. so I mean, sh- but like even that little bit will shut uh, like, Shut the city shut down? The city down. It, it's well, like Vancouver. It'll yeah. shut it down. Um, I, think, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I think one year when it snowed a little bit, they decided not to shut the schools down. And the buses got stranded because we don't plow the, street oh, yeah, the streets. Oh, yeah. Uh. And well, you don't have the that, equipment to plow the streets, really. Right. So, yeah. what yeah. they did was they said, now if you mention the S word, <laughs> even if it's not going to snow, if someone says, you know, I've seen snow, snow, school's closed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just just to avoid that. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we get a little bit of ice, and we get, you know, but it's also remember that mm-hmm. Nashville drivers are not used to driving in the snow. You guys yeah. right, exactly. are used to driving it.
1: Well, now. You would think that, but then you go on the yeah. roads during the winter. Yeah, and yeah the like, joke yeah. is
0: that like the first uh, snow of the year is
1: literally like good luck, like the rest. Good of luck the, getting yeah. anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, so speaking of Nashville, uh, something crazy about Nashville that you can tell us? Like we, no, the majority of us has never been to Nashville, yeah, and we I, all there. I know is that it's country music central, yeah. well, which yeah. is like
0: Calgary's like stepsister kind of thing. Yeah. Well, what's cool
2: about Nashville is um, it's really music city. Even right, though right, it's the yeah. center of country music, it's really music city. So mm-hmm. the industry um, really hasn't changed very much in, in all of the years that it's been in existence in right. terms of the process. Mm-hmm. Songwriters are pretty much more important than the artists. Um, right. And it's one life of the, to the artists. Well, it's also one of the few genres where most of the artists, except now you'll see sometimes they list themselves as the songwriter, mm-hmm. which is not always the case. Right. Right. Um, but most of the artists look for songs. Mm-hmm. So there are songwriters who then shop the songs uh, with the help of a publisher to the artists to see if they will uh, get a cut, it's called. Interesting. Get a song okay. on their album. So you'll see multiple songwriters on, you know, the Garth Brooks record or the, you know, uh, Brad Paisley's record. Mm-hmm. So the community is supported by all of these. Pieces. Right, um, right. Studios are in business to cut the demos of those songs to be pitched to the artists. So there are demo singers that are hired to sing the songs and demo musicians. And then once the artist decides to do it, then it's recut in another studio. And so there's this, awkward, <laughs> wow. it, um, this whole process. Wow. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it's very
1: industry oriented. It's though. very industry. And being a yeah.
2: songwriter, uh, you know, you uh, you have a chance of maybe making a living without being, quote unquote, famous to the to the masses. Right. Uh, there's there's two streets in nashville music row there's like uh, two long streets where every record label and publishing house is next wow. to each other so you wow. drive up wow. one drive. that's it that's where all the business takes place and you'll drive down and there will be posters advertising uh, a hit song mm-hmm. and it'll say you know hit song written by joe smith in huge letters and then smaller uh recorded by Garth Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> because the songwriter is wow. you know, because yeah. Yeah. the artists, unless you have a career like Garth, um usually are not around forever. Mm-hmm. But the songs mm-hmm. can be redone and that songwriter, you can go back to yeah. that songwriter and get more songs. The song right right is what's again. legendary. Yeah. Right. So yes. that's really cool. And plus, yes, there's a lot of country music in terms of the main industry, but just below that, the amount of, of, of music that goes on there that's not country music. I mean, we've got uh, you know, Jack White lives there. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, the, uh, you know, you've got um, Justin Timberlake just bought a house there. And there's a lot of rockers that live there. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's a very cool combination of all the different styles. So it's not just country music.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's that, I know that's what it's known for. And yeah. like, you know, we in Calgary, we kind of steal that identity. We, at least we try to we, yeah
2: well when I drove up to the hotel and I saw all of these people with cowboy hats on, I thought you guys were having like a country music convention and then I was oh, <laughs> no. told like, no no no, we have cowboys here and I'm like, okay, yeah sure true. we do yeah. um no it's uh
1: it's the the stampede the Calgary stampede, the the Calgary guys, stampede. Right? and we we have, we have like a, a beer garden named in or, honor of nashville Nashville north which yeah. is which is which kind is of sh- it's, it's really schwanky. just uh, it's kind it's of, just schwanky, of
0: drunk tank f- with, music. <laughs> right. with music with music uh, with music but yeah. it's mostly a drunk tank well, yeah okay with how much like music of the music industry is there how much voice over of the voice and voice over industry is there considering that there's a like you know there's obviously a lot of people who are kind of within the same uh circles maybe but not pr- uh, interested in maybe even producing the exact same material
2: well i've always said that you know in terms of voice work The cartoon stuff that I do, though it might be the thing that I'm most famous for, has not been the thing that's uh, paid me the most in the industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Commercial work, audiobooks, things like that. Um, uh, Anything that involves voice work is what you are as a voice actor. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can be a big fish in a small pond. Nashville is in Tennessee, which is considered a right-to-work state. and I don't know if you guys know that expression, but um, in New York, where I used to work, you know, If you want to work in the industry, you basically have to do union work. You have to be part of SAG and AFTRA. Tennessee is a right-to-work state, which mm-hmm. means that you can do non-union work, which also means that you can keep undercutting how much you charge, mm. which makes the rates go lower and lower right. and lower. It's, com- it's
0: extremely competitive in that sense. Mm-hmm.
2: And it can destroy the industry because okay. if normally, uh, let's say, to do a TV voiceover, I would get $500 for a session mm-hmm. via the union, A non-union guy will say in a right-to-work state, well, I'll only charge you $200. So they keep undercutting and undercutting until they make it so that it's no longer about the quality of what you want. It's lowest price, price, which is not how it should be. Um, So uh, in terms of Nashville as a voice acting uh, hub, there's localized commercials, and I do a lot of remote things. I work on cartoons remotely because mm-hmm. I've got a studio there. Right, right, um, yeah. I couldn't have started there because it's not, you know, a wow. main mecca, but if I just wanted to do audiobooks and I wanted to do local commercials and things like that, I could make a living there. Um, but it's diff- it's just the different categories of things that you want to do. Yeah. A lot of a lot of uh, fans will ask I, you know, how do I get into the business? How do I do this? I want to be a cartoon voice actor. And I say, well, that's really just a small part of being a voice actor.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know,
2: I do stuff for a, a big car company right. where I do their in-house um, training narrations. I teach the, the sales force how to sell cars. And I don't know anything about that <laughs> stuff. But I record all of their things for them.
0: And you'll never see it unless you work yeah. for that car company. Yeah, yeah, there's a little, like, uh, training seminar room. And they wheel in a little AV stand yeah. with a little CRT TV. And it's like, hi, I'm. <laughs> yeah, well, they,
2: they watch it on. It's on their, it's yeah, their yeah, web. Yeah. It's their webisodes. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they have to take a course every couple of weeks, to whatever it yeah. is. But that's something that you'd never see as mm-hmm. the general public. Mm-hmm. But that's a very good gig. That makes sense. And right. you can do that yeah. anywhere you have a microphone. And it's all
0: corporate, so it it's of, all corporate, and it's yeah. also
2: unsupervised. It's basically they I, they send me a script and say we need this in two days. Can you do it? And you say yeah, and yeah. you record it, edit it, and send it to them, and they say thank you. That's it. Yeah. Wow. So there are ways to work in the voiceover industry that's not mm-hmm. necessarily you know the fame and fortune side of it sure. or what seems like fortune side, right. but yeah. the fame side, which is the notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, but all the like a lot of the the.
0: You know, your paycheck kind of comes
2: in. Yeah, on, yeah, like on the, 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 other the projects like that d- gain the bills paid, like. basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Anything that involves <laughs> the the art of using your voice uh, mm-hmm. is voice acting. So, is yeah. that how you got started? Uh, I actually got started. Uh, I've been a musician longer than I've been a, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. a, a voice actor, but um, my start was by it was really an accident. I um, one of the other things that I did as in my youth was I was a tennis pro, mm-hmm. and I worked at a tennis club where one of the members owned a recording studio, and she knew that I was interested in music and recording in the audio world and offered uh, me a job as an assistant at the studio. And I thought that they were going to be doing music
3: because mm-hmm.
2: I was very excited about that. Like, yeah, job in a recording studio. And it turned out that they basically focused on radio and TV voiceovers. Mm. So I learned from being the coffee guy to uh, being the assistant casting director. Then I was a casting director. Then I was a producer. Um, and in that process... I'd have to fill in during casting sessions reading with people um, because if you've ever been to a, a, a radio casting session, let's say as a two-character commercial. Mm-hmm. Then I might have brought in 10 guys and 10 girls. In the 11th hour, maybe one of the guys doesn't show up, but and that girl needs someone to read with. So as the casting director, I'd jump in the booth and read with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the client started to pick me. That's good. They say we like the last guy who didn't yeah, say his yeah. name, and I'm like, "Well, that's just me." <laughs> so it made sense to me that uh, that was a, a a way that I could um, use my the the tool of my trade, which of course, as a singer, it's very helpful to sing uh, to also be a voice actor because mm-hmm. um, inflection is pitch; it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but also not do on camera or film because I thought if I was going to be a oh so sensitive rock and roll guy singing heartfelt songs. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be the Tidy Bowl Man. Then that you'd go, oh, it's the Tidy Bowl Man singing me a, <laughs> a hard song. But as a voice actor, it's it's a little bit more anonymous, and, right, yeah, and, right? You know, unless you're doing stuff like this, we're like, oh, that's what he looks like, right? right. It's conventions, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But that being said, though, there, there's kind of been like a recent trend of voice actors gaining a lot more, like um, being able to flex some other like skills of their craft as well. I mean, like there's guys like you know Troy Baker, and Noel North, right? They're known for mocap and they're known for right. Like, you know they have stage experience as well right so it's like um would you be interested in getting to stuff like that at all no not nope. at all. <laughs> um it's
2: funny it's like there there are voice actors that have then branched into becoming musicians which is mm-hmm. why a lot of people ask me so when did you make that des- decision to go from voice acting to music? Mm-hmm. And it's actually the
0: other right way, way around, right around for me. Yeah. Um, See, and that that makes more sense to me, anyways, because right? music is a little bit more universal in terms of, right, right, um, yeah. you know, wanting to get into that career or that industry. Right. Right. Um, voice acting is much more niche in that in that sense, or at least it seems to be.
2: Well, if you if you, I mean, in eighth grade, I knew I wanted to be a musician. Mm-hmm. In mm-hmm. eighth grade, I did not want to be an actor. Most of my friends who are voice actors wanted to be actors mm-hmm. and this is part of that package of being an actor mm-hmm. for me it was I want to be a musician oh here's a way I can earn a living mm-hmm. as you know and I enjoy acting mm-hmm. but that's that wasn't my choice as right, a kid right. to, like this is my sure. path um, so a lot of these guys that have that do the other things like the motion capture stuff like mm-hmm. that um, I'm sure that they have stage experience I'm right, sure that okay, they yeah. did not start their lives as a voice actor and then decided, Wait a second I have this other ability of being able to move well and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. They have yeah. probably done plays they've probably done TV movies, film mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Um, for me, I, I definitely think that the, the skill set of someone who can do live theater mm-hmm. um, of course you know being a song writer and performer, right. I'm doing live theater. Mm-hmm. I yeah. have to memorize my songs. But I don't have to memorize someone else's words. I'm not memorizing Shakespeare. I'm not memorizing you know, right, yeah. a 50 to 100-page play. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm always amazed at that. And also the, the nuance of being, being able to save the scene when someone gets off script and mm-hmm. getting them back on. And, that, and that's the joy to <laughs> me of the magic of live theater. Right. Um, and even on camera, the subtleties of expressions and pauses, which as a voice actor, if I pause, you change the channel correct yeah um, so I I am envious envious of that kind of skill mm-hmm. but it's not something that I want to do that's right. not my thing
1: right no no that being said though um, and just we're along the same lines of like so you you were talking about like you know being able to improvise go on the fly um, and that leads some some to some funny moments do you have any like funny moments or fond memories of recording the shows that you've done anything like hilarious you want to share with us
2: well we we do a lot of outtakes anyway, mm-hmm. um, some of them I can't say, <laughs> but, but we do a lot Aww. of outtakes, and, and to me the, 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 the key to a good outtake right. is to always stay in character, so if you're doing <laughs> Brock's voice and you make a mistake, you continue it in Brock's voice, that's what makes it funny, but sometimes you'll throw an ad lib in because you've lost your place on the script, and it's the right it's the right moment, it's not the right words, and they go, that's funnier than what's in the script, <laughs> and let's keep that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with Slayers, the scripts were never fully written on time. And for those of you who don't know Slayers, uh, Gowry and Lena are uh, they are they're a comedic team. Lena yells at Gowry a lot, and mm-hmm. Gowry um, is kind of a moron, um, but a <laughs> sweet moron. He's got a good heart. Right. And uh, I remember there was this one scene in one of the episodes where there was Lip Flap but there was no line on the script. A lot of times, the, even the writers don't even see Tiny Lip Flap mm-hmm, until mm-hmm. we put it up on the high-res TV and we go, wait a second, There's a lot, there should be something there. And so there was a scene where Gowrie is surprised by a giant, angry chicken. <laughs> and the flaps, as we call them, were it was three flaps. It was one and then a two-syllable word. And the director said to me, ah, we need to write something in there. And I said, wait, 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 I've got it. I've got. Just let it roll. Hit record. I've got it, and the line was just "ah, chicken," (laughs) (laughs) and he was like, "That's great. Let's use that." And so, um, like things like that. Like you just just make stuff up, and 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 they they get kept in the show. Um, I don't know if I can. Revealed this. This was a kind of a a, a very. Um, I don't know if it'll make it to the behind the scenes, but when we're just, this this will be this will be like. Ooh, he, he revealed this. Oh, so while we were yeah. while we were doing the new uh, Yu Gi Oh movie, there was a moment that reminded me of um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, one of the villains is just going off with this whole big long list of threats and obnoxious stuff, and Kaiba standing next to Mokuba, and we're listening to this entire rant, and I had a line, and I wasn't even looking at the script. I was just watching this thing for a second, and so I turned to Mokuba. And my outtake was, "Shoot him, Mokuba." <laughs> 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 and, I, and and they were like, "Oh, oh, oh! oh wish we could use
0: that." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet there's quite a few legendary so that like, might... behind the scenes.
1: That, kind of maybe. Sets, yeah. Yeah.
2: That might get to the uh to The, you know, the, the special edition blu yeah, or but something. It, yeah, the, the whole room
0: laughed hysterically. Yeah. And I was
2: like, that is pretty
0: good. We, you know, uh, So like I said, if you're going to do it, Family
1: you have to friendly. stay
2: in That was, that was yeah, actually yeah. one of
0: the things I've always loved about the Yu-Gi-Oh! card universe. It's like there's plenty of adults with like all the resources in the world to get things done. And you still have to resort to like,
1: <laughs> sitting games. down, playing for a card game for 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> and when like, Seto Kaiba's character in like the first season, he... Basically kills Yugi's dad and or like for the card, for a card right? like, like, sends for a card, him to yeah. the shadow realm right, right. yes so for for like one card of which he already has three of them, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> and it's like why would you do that you could just you you know like Pegasus or whoever like prints the card to be like. You know that PDF file? Right, you know, make another 1-4-0-1. one. 1401, just uh, make another one of those. That's right, that's right. <laughs> here's, here's, here's money. <laughs> yes.
2: I, I actually, uh, a couple of times, I think maybe three or four times, fans have brought me four blue eyes, I've signed them, and then torn the
0: fourth They're one not. Oh yeah, because you're, you're supposed <laughs> to, right? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but
2: what's really funny is the original cards are like triple laminated. <laughs> so I usually have to like, this is another trade secret, I usually have to start I cut it with a knife, <laughs> <laughs> and then I can tear it. It's like trying to rip a phone book in half. When they're like, "Could you tear this card?" I'm like, "No, no I really can't
1: tear that card in half." Yeah. Yeah. It's like, "No, no, no. I, I don't want to just damage your yeah, belongings." Yeah. Not, I like, no, I physically can't. No. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Trade, Trade seeker, huh?
2: Yeah. Sorry about that. Mm. That's a reveal. You ruined everything clearly. Picture
3: <laughs> you like just very sneakily, like you're just, and there's like a machete in your pocket or something. Well, ridiculous. yeah, I,
2: I can't travel with it here. I mean, I I wear. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what a Leatherman is. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Because yeah. oh, okay. I use it to change my guitar strings, stuff like that. But yeah, it's got a go. knife in it. But yeah, I, of course, yeah. I can't fly with it. Right, yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah. if I'm if if any, I'm going to a convention, I can drive to. I'll be able to do that. Right. If I'm flying somewhere, I tell them I can't. T- I'm both.
0: Tear your card yeah.
3: <laughs> Not today.
1: No, no. We got um. We have Leathermans, but they don't have knives in them. Uh, yeah. it, they're just multi-tools. Okay. So yeah,
0: yeah. we're a very weapon averse country up here in Canada.
2: <laughs> yeah, so no. yeah. hey, I respect that. I yeah. respect that. No, I, the knife in my Leatherman is is hardly a weapon, but yeah. it's still a knife. Yep. Yeah, yep. Just uh, yeah.
0: A, a knife is.
2: It's a
3: baby almost, knife.
0: Many many Big knives in Canada are are considered to be like a weapon straight up, like. Uh, spring-loaded is illegal oh yeah no, well, that's illegal like, that's Yeah, legal that's, that's, that's illegal any, anywhere yeah, but, yeah. Like you, but even your typical like switchblade is uh, something that well switchblades are illegal everywhere yeah. Yeah. no no no, no, no. It's like, but like just any pocket knife right. can, it, it, oh like, like a jackknife yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. jackknife jack like yeah. You know, on private mm-hmm. uh, on any kind of private ground if you enter any mm-hmm. kind of event they want to do a bag checking like I don't care if it's that little dinky one on the back of your toilet
3: Yeah,
0: uh, it's like I'm sorry, but you're not going to You're gonna have to go get another one at the Dollar Store. Right? No, I, no, I get it. Yeah. I, I
2: actually went to a uh, – I don't know if you are, know the Grand Old Opry is the most famous venue mm-hmm. in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually – the new one is at a different location, but the original is called the Ryman Auditorium, which is a beautiful, beautiful building. Right. And I went to see a concert there the other night, and I forgot that I had my Leatherman on me, and they had metal detectors at the door. Uh-oh. Because oh, it was yeah, actually yeah. a Cat Stevens concert, and of course, there was a lot of security there. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, what do I do? What do I do? And I looked around, and I saw that there was this little patch of grass, like, nearby. <laughs> oh, and yeah. so I took my Leatherman out, and I casually walked over and dropped it over the wall, thinking that the wall was, like, two feet down, whatever. <laughs> Went to see the show, and I came out, and I took my phone, and I'm I, I, looking down, and the thing's, like, six feet down.
3: Oh, my God Into, Gone like, forever. the wheat, we- oh. No.
2: And so I <laughs> jump in there, and I'm di- – because th- I have an original Leatherman. It's, like, 20 years yeah, old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's worth it. I'm digging around for this thing, and people are like, what is that guy doing? And I'm like, just drop my phone. Just looking for my phone. As you <laughs> have your phone. <laughs> <laughs> phone. I think this is <laughs> <You're right>. holding <laughs> it up. Like I'm holding my stuff. phone. Has anybody got a rope that can help yeah. me get out of here? But I did find it, thank goodness. Oh, that's but good. like, I dropped it. It rolled down the hip- – like, it was like, where did I – what did I just do? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that's. Uh, I think that happens to a lot of people. You can walk into any venue, you get searched, and then well, you yeah. remember. Your, yeah, but it's the yeah. ones that are getting onto the planes that go.
2: Oh man, I didn't realize I had my forty-five in my. In my <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, oh <"What?"> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, j works uh, security, so no. it's like yeah.
0: So I just gotta do a quick interruption yep. here kay. for our first ad read. Uh, we want to thank Funimation now. Uh, for helping sponsor our event and the OdeFest podcast. Thanks for the Uh, money. Yeah. (laughs) Here's why a Funimation Now premium subscription is the best way to watch your favorite anime. Get access to all of Funimation's streaming content, including hundreds of shows, movies, and early access home video dubs. Uh, Watch ad-free anime in HD anytime, anywhere on your desktop, or with any of our free mobile and console apps. Be the first... Uh, to stream exclusive English dubs sh- uh, geez, shortly after their uh, original Japanese pro- uh, broadcast nice. and you can visit uh, a- www.funimation.com p 30 day free trial I wish I could come up with a better URL for you but that's what they gave <laughs> us uh, now for more information and you can start your free 30 day trial uh, after your free trial, pay only six dollars a month for your premium subscription. We want to thank Funimation for being a long-term partner with OdaFest. they've actually helped us out with some of our um, showing rooms in the past and um, letting us you know stream the great shows that they have uh, and when they're working with us uh, we we that helps us bring the content to you the audience uh, the best anime showings possible yeah yeah cool. but again uh, I think we're running mostly Funimation stuff right now, and pretty much exclusively in the uh, in rooms. rooms. Yeah. It's, it's
1: all Funimation. Yep. So, if you don't have a Funimation Now subscription, you should probably go get one. Yep. Uh, it's well worth it, in my opinion. Uh, that's coming from someone who has a Crunchyroll subscription as well. Yeah, so yeah. It's and they're a, partnered
3: now, so yeah,
1: exactly. Ah, um, speaking of anime, um, Eric, hmm. how did you get into just not just voice acting in general, but like um, for anime specifically? There's a different Trade there's a different art to dubbing anime versus a cartoon, right. say right, because if it's locally animated, you can you know match lip movements a lot better. For anime, like what what other than matching lip movements, what is the challenge there? Is there anything else?
2: Um, the so the two things in terms of the cartoons I work on, there's mm-hmm. ADR, which we're matching lip flap to pre-existing right. art, and usually done originally in another language, and then there's prelay which is like uh, any of the show, your movies today where you see Disney and stuff like that, or Pixar, where we record the voices first, assemble that dialogue, mm-hmm. and the animators draw it to that dialogue, not unlike Brock and James are done in Japanese first mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. Um, right. Matching lip flap requires pretty much 50% acting and 50% technical. Mm-hmm. You have a set amount of lip flaps and the breaks and the, and the cadence that is already set, and then you've got a line. And you're like, well, how do I deliver this line uh, in a way that's funny? Because timing, you know, comedy is all about timing. Mm -hmm. And if the lip flap is not broken up the right way, you can't make it funny. Right. Or or it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, Or the character looks incredibly angry and they want you to play it subtle. Read the line subtle. You're like, but look at his face. So you have to sort of. Uh, go against your instinct and, 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 and do the 50% technical side of I'm going to match the lip flap and not worry so much about what I'm seeing mm-hmm. um, in terms of his, you know the energy right. or, the, or whatever. Um, whereas the prelay stuff is a lot more fun. You read the line any way you want, you make it funny, you make it serious, and then let the animators do the work. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got to work on the first Madagascar film. Ooh. I oh. sat in with um, Chris Rock. I was ben, wow. I was the Ben Stiller <laughs> stand-in, and they had a camera on Chris the whole time. Because the animators could look and sync up his dialogue right. with his facial expressions, right. okay. so that the character looked like Chris. Mm-hmm.
3: That's cool. Uh, yeah,
2: it's really it was very very cool. Um, so that allows the actor to do whatever they want to do, um, not so much with uh, with ADR. Um, but being a musician helps because I can watch the phrasing of the lip flap and know the timing of it in one take. If you play it for me and the line is written correctly, I'll be able to read it in that in that pace mm-hmm. because of rhythm and timing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like if you hear a song on the radio and you and you hear that first chorus. By the time that se- the second chorus comes along, you probably can sing along with it. You probably have a good sense of timing yeah. and rhythm. Yeah. So not so much you can sing the notes. But yeah. you could sing along with a pace. So to to look yeah. at the
1: facial expressions of a character, but though. Now, see, now it,
0: this is this is, like that's a little bit interesting. I'm guessing that you kind of d- submitted more like voice lines and let the directors kind of handle it for the, the role I'm going to ask about, which is Meta Knight for Kirby, because uh, he doesn't yeah. have a mouth. <laughs> well, it's, so, it's, so it's good that of... you brought that you brought up Meta Knight. For
2: those of you who don't know Meta Knight, uh, I'm doing my Antonio Banderas before he did Shrek, so I actually <laughs> say that he's doing me doing him. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh okay. um, So when when they asked me to audition for uh, Meta Knight, they mm-hmm. said, um, we want this to be kind of Clint Eastwood. And I said, well, if I do my, my Clint Eastwood, it's going to be more like Seto Kaiba, and I'm already doing Yu-Gi-Oh. So it's got to be different. And let me just backtrack a second. I'm definitely one of the voice actors that I don't want to use the same voice for multiple characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, if I'm using my own voice, and it's just Eric acting, fine, I've done that many times. But if I'm playing a character, I especially on shows that are running at the same time, I don't want you to go, oh, that's Eric Stewart, because that breaks that wall down. I want you to say, oh, it's Brock. Oh, it's James. And then you go, wait a second, that's the same guy? That's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me. Or, or even on different shows, it's like, yeah. you know, oh, I'm, I'm using this voice for Seto Kaiba. I don't want to be that cool guy that same voice in another show. thats gonna, It's just going to be distracting. So I said, well, I really can't do my Clint Eastwood for this. I said, what if I do Antonio Banderas? And the producer at the time said, why would he be Spanish? And I said, <laughs> why not? <laughs> uh, and and he's wearing a mask. He's like and they said, a well, Whatever. okay, that makes sense. And the nice thing about it is because he has no lip flap, all I needed to do was match the bookends of the timing he was allowed to speak okay so if there were five seconds of dialogue it didn't matter where I put the pauses as long as I didn't go over yeah. and so I could talk like this without uh, worrying about lip flap and, and that made it work I couldn't have done that voice in any other character in that yeah, show yeah. that mm-hmm. flapped because then you'd be stuck in the phrasing and you wouldn't it, it wouldn't be Antonio mm-hmm. um so that's why that choice was made and actually I'll tell you a quick little funny story about well actually a touching story about that so for years I didn't do a lot of conventions because I was so crazy busy. The schedule of directing shows and acting in so many of the shows and then trying to find the time to do music, um, I couldn't take breaks. Like mm-hmm. a weekend was not a weekend. I still was working on the weekends too. Mm-hmm. So then when I made the move to Nashville, I started to get more time to get a chance to go out and do con- conventions. And it's really nice because I, I'm very humbled and flattered to meet fans that say they grew, they grew up listening to me, stuff like that. I just think that's it's, it's neat. I work in a booth all mm-hmm. the time. I don't get to actually see people that enjoy the work. So I was doing a convention in Miami a couple of years ago, and a group of young men came up to me and said, did you do the voice of Mennonite? And I said, uh, yeah. And they said, well, we just want to thank you. Now, those of you who have never been to Miami, Miami has a very large Spanish-speaking community. And they said, you were the only character on Saturday mornings that sounded like us that didn't make fun of us. Wow. And I wow. said, wow, I didn't even think about it that way. That's so, so when people ask, you know, what are your favorite characters, you know, Meta Knight was definitely in the mix. But that moved him up because you don't really think about that mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. making a choice like that. Because, I mean, I grew up in New York City. I mean, you want to talk about diversity and stuff like that. That exactly. You know, if you don't get along with other people, you... Move. And you already you know,
0: knew that, like it's not like the caricature voice isn't real, like like. But I was, I was, yeah. he
2: was the cool, he was the coolest character to me in terms of cool, yeah. on that show. Mm-hmm. And I guess if you looked at the Saturday morning, you know, voices that were going on, he was the only Spanish, you know, uh, voice that was like that. Mm
3: -hmm. So it was
2: kind of neat that 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 all sort of came together like that, and I would never have known that if I didn't go to one. That's so cool. But you're more
0: conscious of now, like
2: I'm not saying. Well, because I've also played, you know, I've played, uh, 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 that's the magic of voice acting. I've played women, uh, different ethnic groups. Um, I've played different ages. Anything you can sound like, you can play. Whereas as a face actor, as we call them, um, I'm limited to what I look like. Right. and it's actually it's against the law of like the rules of SAG and after to request someone who is authentically anything. You say I want someone who can play. So mm-hmm. I, I could not say I need authentic Spanish people for this. I'd have to say I need someone who can play, someone who is Spanish, right. someone who is Asian. What mm-hmm. you cannot—it's what you can play because you can't go by. I mean, now we're such a melting pot of people. Like, well, you know, what are you, mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I was I was Master Yoshi on on Turtles. Mm-hmm. you know right now working for a <laughs> japanese-american company and being asked to play an asian uh, accent without being offensive i mean i i was kind of flattered that they that they liked what i did because mm-hmm. it was not offensive right so you know what i mean and it's, then it's i've such also such a fine line though right yeah, yeah. 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 exactly you know yeah, you, yeah. you want it to have the character but you also don't want to be like oh come on now really yeah. like that you know because i've Heard, Everyone so, can go with, like, the
1: over-the-top yeah, or, exact. like, like you, the, you don't the, want the whole Godzilla effect, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. It, right. And yeah, I, yeah.
2: but I've also played, you know, I've been asked to play characters that are kind of like... E-, I mean, I'm the magic carp salesman, and that's one of, like, the Cheech and Chong version of oh, yeah. kind of, you know... Yeah. And it's very offensive, but that's what the, the director the wanted, wanted yeah. from that, yeah. and it's like, you know... Uh, sometimes you just you don't even think about that, but He's now in, it's yeah. I'm
1: more conscious of that. He's in one episode, anyways. He
2: came back like ten years later. Did, wow! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they they I remember when we were work, towards the end of working on the show, they said, "We're trying to figure out who plays this character." I'm like, oh, "That's me." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Oh, me. Right. We're,
0: like, oh, we're asking around, we're asking yeah, around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's
2: me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, out of all of the anime characters you have played. I know this is going to be a very tough one. Which one was the most fun to you?
2: Hmm. So not my favorite, but one of the most fun. Because fun, picking yeah. your favorite yeah, like, character I, I, is I was, like picking your favorite child. No, exactly. I was going as to ask you So around, it's very easy. It's I'm an scary. only <laughs> child. Well, see, I'm an only child and my parents still haven't made that choice. Ooh. So, uh, you know, so um, uh, I always liked comedic villains. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's more depth to a comedic villain than any hero. Um, so am I
0: hearing James? I, J- <laughs> what, what
2: I like about James is y- y- you have to remember that when James is already a voice I'm doing, and then he then gets in disguise. So you're having a voice you're doing put on another voice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And layered. that's such a fun challenge. And also, most of the time, I could care less what was going on in the rest of the episode because Team Rocket had to come in, just show do their up. thing, and I had a limited amount of time, unless it was an episode really yeah, based on them, to make it funny. Yeah,
0: make that impression, right? It didn't yeah. matter yeah. what else
2: was going. It was like, boom, you're in. Here's like five or six lines.
0: Make it, make it work, and then and you're boom, gone. You're on. Right? Ding. <laughs> so did you did you like those like interjections by Team Rocket more than? Because there there are episodes where it's a little bit more Team Rocket focused.
2: Right? Yeah, like, like, I like, prefer. I, yeah,
0: because because to me, and you know, yes, it's a
2: character that I loved playing, but to me, it, it can get old. Mm-hmm. If it's like you know, wall to wall of that, mm-hmm. I like the moments of like, oh, that was a nice break yeah. uh, that they came in and did their thing. Um, but I, you're I, I, the
0: exclamation point.
2: Yeah, but I also, I mean, I, I have to say that the, the 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 he was the most fun to play. Mm-hmm. The biggest challenge in terms of personality is walking the fine line with Kaiba of uh, he's not a villain, he's a rival, and there is a there's really a fine line to walk there where. His job is to push the champ to be the best. Because if you don't have someone doing that, mm-hmm. then the champ can just relax and not do anything. Right. Yeah. So for those of you who are familiar with the whole story arc when we get into the Egyptian side, not, no spoilers. Um, but he's how, Wait, tri- how long has that show been out now? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's, I think the grace period's yeah, over. They're like, yeah. I didn't watch that part. Um, but we learn that, that Kaiba is basically his sparring partner, right? Mm. Yeah. Well, how do you address being a sparring partner in modern-day high school? You can't. There's yeah, no such there's thing. There's no equivalent. Yeah. So the other the, the way to play that is he's his rival. Mm-hmm. He's not his enemy. And so it was it was a fine line to find that that nuance that yeah, you could be annoyed by Kaiba, you could hate yeah. him, he was mean this, but you also knew it at the end of the day that there was something redeemable about him. Yeah. And
0: that's he, like the classic like Goku Vegeta relationship. Yeah. yeah
2: and yeah. and that and as an actor to be able to do that mm-hmm. and be convincing with that, I uh, it was always it was always fun to do. It right. was a great challenge. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, um, something that blew my mind was that you were Brock and James. Now, of course, Brock and James do interact quite mm-hmm. often. I'm also on the Butch. Show.
0: Butch, yeah. Ooh. Butch is uh, the other I know team like that's he's a, he's yeah. An, yeah, He's the alter, uh, alternate uh, Team Rocket yes. that shows up like once every 500 days. There is
2: an episode <laughs> where all three all three of them are arguing with each other, which I which I call Eric Stewart
0: featuring Pokemon
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was just I was just
1: wondering about that because um would you rather uh, do a
0: one shot or did you do take like take oh take we
2: one-shot? always
1: record one voice at a time okay oh oh okay that's important though, like, yeah. <laughs> though I've we done, done I've
2: done live radio where they've had Eric Stewart on like the morning show with Brock and James and I've right. had to Talk uh, with all three balance. of them, and that's easily easy to do. Really early, early in the morning before you're actually awake. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, because I've, I've heard stories from people like Scott McNeil who have done multiple voices on multiple shows, right? And like they're literally running around the studio just to different mics, almost like doing doing the voices, right? So that was what I was going to ask. But if you're doing like you know one voice at a time, then no, it's one like, voice, one voice at whoa. a time. you like your sanity is what I'm
2: hearing. I yeah. can do it. I mean, they're very different, but I but no, that's not how we work. And sometimes. Uh, you know, some of the other dialogue is recorded, sometimes it's mm-hmm. not. So you're you're almost doing the uh, the response before you're doing the question. Right, right,
1: right, right. That's kind of a bummer to me because I'm just, since you also do the Pokemon voices, I'm just envisioning you running around the studio going, <laughs> James Brock. And then, like, Squirtle, d- 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 Squirtle. Squirtle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you, the,
2: the, the reason that I'm like so many of the original ones is that when we were booked to do our human characters, sometimes a new Pokemon would be introduced into that episode. Mm-hmm. And we'd listen to the original Japanese for the cadence and the, and the, um, the pitch mm-hmm. and the sound of the original. And, and then the director, I directed a lot of Pokemon down the road, but in the beginning, the director would say, hey Eric, uh, since you're here, there's this deeper voice character like Blastoise, will you be Blastoise in this episode too? Mm-hmm. So that's how that stuff was assigned. We mm-hmm. never auditioned for those Pokemon. It was wow. who's coming in to do their session,
0: It kind of makes sense because there there could be way too many in terms of, like, the variety, right? Like, Mm -hmm. in a single episode, you don't know, Well,
2: and also we were, I mean, when we first started doing this stuff, uh, anime and all of that was still, like, I don't want to do that. There weren't a lot of us doing it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, There were probably, like, ten guys and six women that were doing all of it. Wow. Um, Of course, now that animation has become so big that, you know, celebrities want to do all that work, it's changed that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were doing so many things because we were the only ones doing it. Right. Um. So, yeah, so that's why I'm so many of the Pokemon in the beginning, is, and, and especially the ones that sound like they do. I mean, of course, Squirtle is different, but, uh, you know, <laughs> anything that's big and deep, yeah. it'll either be Dan Green or me, you know, well, things like that.
0: Also, like, fun facts, because, like I said, I do my research, you're also Dexter. I am the Pokedex, yes. Yeah, you are a Pokedex. <laughs> yes. I like that a lot. I don't know, because you're like, you'll be <laughs> you you'll have the Pokemon, it could be Squirtle, Right. and then it'll be like, Azure will be like, oh, what's that? Yeah. And then it's like... Yep. Hi, this is me. <laughs> I'm talking to me. Talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I, me. <laughs> I, I always, I always liked. I mean,
2: what's great about you know, like Squirtle, water Pokemon. What's uh, great, great about that, uh, that ridiculously, like you know, uh, uh, quirky. C-T-P-O, yeah, almost. exactly. Yeah. That you know, that 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 robot talk. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, it was just a fun thing to do. Of course, there was no lip flap, but there was timing. Yeah, because they had the light flashing, right? And sometimes I was like, who wrote this? because remember when we're doing when we're doing the transliteration from Japanese to English sometimes the amount of words used in one language take 3 seconds to say the same things that 15 seconds of English take mm-hmm. or, or vice versa so When they translate it, they go, oh, well, this is how we describe what Squirtle is. And I'm like, yeah, but in Japanese, it was three seconds worth of dialogue. In English, it's 10. (laughs) I can't say So sometimes I had to say it really fast. Or sometimes they're like, yeah, can you slow it down? And it would be like... Squirtle, the water
0: pool. You know? I was like, uh, Dexter, you're like, running could you just add
2: some? Yeah, could you just write some more words for me. I could talk about something Squirtle, one of my favorite Pokemon, you know, yeah, right.
0: yeah. The water type,
2: you know. You're not allowed to have an opinion, right?
3: Right. Yeah.
1: It's a turtle that shoots water from its mouth. What, what more do you know? Yeah, right. right. <laughs> what more do you need? That's
0: right, yeah. I just want to take the time for uh, our second ad here.
3: Looking for a good time? Check out Level 1 Escape, where you will be locked in a room with friends and forced to solve puzzles and take part in fun, unique challenges. Diffuse a bomb to save the city. Dodge an evil corporation's laser security system, Mission Impossible style. Or escape from a possessed spirit. Also, try our virtual reality arcade where you can fight off the zombie apocalypse, hunt dinosaurs in the Jurassic era, or slice fruit into a million pieces. Interested? Visit our website at level and check us out at our booth at Odafest Aurora where you can demo our VR setup, win some prizes, and more fun stuff. Level 1 Escape, Calgary's premium escape room experience and virtual reality arcade.
0: Have you ever tried VR? Like uh, it's back amazing. way, way, way back in the day. But now this is Are really you talking cool. wait, wait back in the day, are you talking like virtual <laughs> like Nintendo Virtual Boys?
2: Even like, before that.
3: Oh my goodness. What
2: do you mean by before that? Like you'd go to like a like a like a trade show and they'd have oh. a full on thing that you'd wear and okay. you know, you'd fight somebody in there. But what's really cool about this is you have a choice of either fighting dinosaurs or slicing fruit. Yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. I don't, I don't I know. The choice is tough. Well, I can't you can't do slice both dinosaurs. At the same time. But, but I like I like dinosaur. that. So
2: if you're not really into like the super violent thing, you can sort of just make a fruit cocktail. I think that would be neat <laughs> in virtual reality. Yeah. yeah. it's like a it's a restaurant game. No, I'm yeah. actually a huge gamer geek. I mean, you Ooh. know, besides Ooh. being b- besides being a uh, a um, All right. A, do you, what do you play Well, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to blow your mind with a little gamer geek-isms. Um, first of all, I have my Atari 2600 in a box with 50 games. I have the original PlayStation 1s with the the six-foot link cable. Mm -hmm. And before Mm -hmm. online gaming, that's how old I am, what Um, I had were two Sony picture-in-picture tube televisions in my house. And what I would do is play Doom with my friend who sat in one room while I sat in the other room (laughs) with our... Playstations had to be really close to each other because the link cable was so short... And I would send the video out from his PlayStation to my Picture-in-Picture and send mine to his oh, so, you could, so yes. I could see his view yeah. on my Picture-in-Picture screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, right? I've got my NES. I've got my Genesis with the 32, uh, X 32X adapter so yeah. I could play mm-hmm. Doom.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, I've got my PS2. I've got my Xboxes. I'm, I'm now playing my Xbox One. I have played every Wednesday night for the last eight years with the same three guys uh, that's our poker night. We play <laughs> only mission-based co-op games, and you're not allowed to play that game alone. If any one of us is not available, you can't play. Oh, so, so dedication.
0: mission-based co-op games. Are that's, you talking more like? We're playing a... The Division right now. Okay. Oh
2: okay. Okay. man, okay. we play like Borderlands, do you The you play, Division, do you Halo, Destiny,
1: Left 4 Dead. Destiny's one. Uh, we a great did all one. of
2: the Left 4 Dead oh, and all yeah. the DLC. That yeah, that was. But, that but what's what's us? fun is I hate um, <laughs> they're all voice actors. They're all guys. Oh, you know. that's, oh that's so and cool. If they, what if you end up in a game
0: that you're like, you're like, they're like, no, I don't want to hear myself anymore. <laughs> oh well, yeah. I mean, we actually, we, or, we I know I the think, story for this. One. I
2: don't think we've played any games that we've voiced, which is good. Um, yeah. But uh, we are such gamer geeks, uh, and we even have like that sort of water cooler because thir- we play every Wednesday. Yeah. Thursday texting. That was really cool. That mission, right? Yeah. yeah. That was cool. I can't believe you screwed yeah. up on the boss. <laughs> well, the other thing is what, what, what I've and this is another thing. that says how, how much of a gamer geek I am. The, the cooperative side – see, we don't play other people. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I mean I've been gaming for so long. I don't need to outfrag some 15-year-old punk playing games, right? That's yeah. not, I don't need to do that, right? That's not my thing. <laughs> I'd much rather see if four guys who are all very strong personalities can work together and no <laughs> man left behind. Right. The goal is that we all make it through the missions. And it could be a you know, it could be a game like we're playing the division, which, of course, is a little violent. If those guys played sports, I could do it with a football game or something Mm -hmm. like that. But it's very interesting um, as an experiment in how even later in life, when you're dealing with business and meetings and cooperation of how people fall into categories and, and not everyone needs to be the leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah the, the that that lieutenant is almost as important if not more the person that's watching your six you know might not get all the action but without that person doing their job the person in the front would not survive mm-hmm. yeah. and right. so that's why we have fun doing it mm-hmm. yeah. um, and so you know it's 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 just great so yes i'm i'm a big gamer so um
3: I wish yeah. I could game with you guys. Like, our matches are the opposite of that. We're all trying to kill We're each other. <laughs> We're just salt generators trying to yeah. tilt We're each playing
2: other. We're a lot of Overwatch. <laughs> well, yeah. But, it, like, if yeah. you're familiar with the Division, there's the Dark Zone. Yeah. 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 We don't do that. Right. Because because the concept, if you're not into that game, but the concept is trying to get your stuff out of there before other humans mm-hmm. steal it from you. Yeah. Or I had a friend who was playing with strangers mm-hmm. and for three hours was in the dark zone. And then uh, at the very end, the three them. of them decided to kill him and take his gear. And <laughs> he's course. like, what do you – and to me, that's totally the wrong vibe. Like, the vibe. And yeah. that's yeah. not fun to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd much rather like, oh, my goodness, my friend is pinned out there alone. Yeah. I'm going so to risk my life to go get right, it. Right. Yeah. It's like the whole commodity. If, yeah. If, commodity, I, if I might, yeah. if I might make a
1: suggestion, Destiny. You'll love Destiny. But a it,
2: what, lot. what flat platform is that? Uh,
1: it's PS4, Xbox yeah, One. So you, yeah.
2: it expect, it's on the one.
1: It's on the one. Yeah. But it's
2: three player multiplayer.
1: Nope, it can. You can go up to six. Actually. Now you can. Okay, yeah, good. You can do six people. That you can go into a, a raid. One. Okay, we'll have to check it out. This is really crazy enemies and stuff. Yeah, we. We might a lot
2: have of... to go. I think we might move on to Gears of War because I'm oh, friends yeah, with Gears John DiMaggio, DiMaggio. Ooh, and I have yeah. to hear him say, "Bring it."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, You ever attempted yeah, still... tempted to use like voices over like voice chat and stuff.
2: Oh well, one of the guys that plays with us is also one of the engineers, and he saves. Lines from... Yeah, voice clips. So we'll be in a really, really intense moment, and all of a sudden you'll hear, I'm not going to fall for some Egyptian god card garbage. And I'm like, come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's playing back Kaiba stuff. And I'm like, come
1: on. (laughs) That's so funny. no um That reminds me of the guy who plays uh, McCree on on Overwatch. Overwatch. Yeah, because like... In Overwatch, or he's a cowboy. Like, he's a cowboy, but like yeah. it's just like there's a, um,
3: there's a voice line there's a voice line that when activates he uses his ultimate ability. Yeah, and like um, he says it's high noon, but like the
1: voice actor will actually go on chat and go it's seven <laughs> thirty, and then everyone gets confused. Anyways, or even,
3: he'll play he'll play because he plays his character that he voices, uh, and he'll go in voice chat and he'll repeat the line just to watch the enemy team be confused run. and run. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, now you mentioned Doom. Have you yeah. played the new one? I have not played the new. One. Oh, you should! You should! It's so good.
2: I, I mean, I love the series. Yeah, I, I
1: built a PC just to play the new Doom. It's, uh, it's everything the old '90s Doom was, but just amped up to modern day levels. I mean, that was so ga-
2: that, that was like like groundbreaking. It was. Mm-hmm. When, yep. I mean, that's why we had that whole picture-in-picture thing set up. Like, mm-hmm. my man, my friend would come over to my house to play that with mm-hmm. me. That was a big deal. That you know? was yeah. GoldenEye sixty four for me. Yeah, golden i sixty four. Yeah, I
1: remember, I remember, I remember I that? I-64. No, no, I, I grew up on Doom, so it's yeah. got a soft spot in my yep, heart. Yep, yeah. Um, Okay, shifting gears a bit away from cartoons and Mm -hmm. anime, you have a pretty illustrious music career, I'd say. You have opened for Ringo Starr, Mm -hmm. uh, for Leonard Skinner, Mm -hmm. and for Jethro Tull. Mm -hmm. How did that happen?
2: You might want to educate us. I was playing... Uh, the club scene in New York mm-hmm. um, at some pretty well-known clubs that people might, you know, I mean, The Bottom Line is a famous one, The Bitter End, mm-hmm. um, things like that. and you got to love those names, hey? Yeah. And yeah, then, yeah we don't yeah. have anything nearly as classy here. Where, like, we have, like, The Unicorn. The Back Alley. <laughs> the Back o- The Back well, Alley. Well, a lot on, of those places aren't alley. around no. anymore. I mean, The Bitter End is still there, but The Bottom Line is gone. and uh, <laughs> But Kenny's Castaways, all these really cool uh, spots where, mm-hmm. you know, if you, the history of the whole sort of the folk scene was down there in the, in the village and stuff like that. And I was playing these clubs, and my management team at the time, young guys, Then um, this is the days of cassettes. For those of you who don't know what a cassette is, that's <laughs> what you use your pencil on to fix it. I them. knew you were going right? right? <laughs> <literally laughs> to say that. When you see those pictures online, you're like, what does that do? Um, so my management company uh, said to me, we have a, a situation where th- there's someone that's looking for an opening act, um, and I had been playing with my full band. They need a solo acoustic opening act. Do you have anything recorded of just you? And I said, no, I, I really don't. And they said, well, could you do that? Mm-hmm. So I went into my walk-in closet with my cassette player, that, re, that with a little <laughs> recordable cassette player, and, uh, you know, had clothes on three sides and put a blanket on the door, and I had one of the click lights like this, and, and I recorded about four or five songs of me just singing with my guitar, and I, I had to mail the cassette to my... This is like before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, this is '97, right? Um, and they submitted it, and about two weeks later, I get the call. They said, "Okay, so uh, Ringo Starr listened to your tape. And, <laughs> oh my, and, my god, and, I just got there. Don't and, worry about And that. wants you to open it, the All Star Band tour. Uh, it starts in Seattle uh, in like three weeks. Um, that's and it's twenty six dates. And I said, "Okay, great."
3: So um,
2: <laughs> I I pack my stuff and. Flew out. First of all, before I did that, I looked to see who was going to be in that incarnation of the All-Star Band. Mm-hmm. For those of you who are not familiar with what Ringo does, it's kind of like listening to classic rock radio. He brings together All-Stars and makes a band out of them. So that year was Peter Frampton, Jack Bruce from Cream, oh, wow. Um, wow. the drummer from Bad Company. These are all classic rock people. Um uh, then, of course, Ringo and then uh, Gary Brooker from a band called Procol Harum, which sings Whiter Shade of Pale. And then uh, they had a musical director because when you have all of those uh, egos and you have to have you someone who to say, make sure you're, like, you're going to play this. For some reason, you're going to play that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK, got it. So this was, these cream, were yeah. all people that had, you know, individual So songs. you walk into the room. <laughs> well, what I did was I bought the Encyclopedia of Rock and Roll. Mm-hmm. And that's truly what the book is called. It's mm-hmm. about this thick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they come out with a new version of it every couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I read up on everybody mm-hmm. because I didn't want to be in a situation of having a conversation with any of these people, even though I was fans of theirs. Mm-hmm. I didn't know enough about each one of them. Um, and this is
0: before Wikipedia, of right? course. <laughs> and, of course,
2: don't trust anything you read on that because it's uh-huh. all fan supplied. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to be at least knowledgeable. So I flew out to Seattle for my first show. I'm with my manager. And we're backstage. We haven't met the band yet. They're sound checking. I hear them sound checking. And then I hear over the little PA box in my dressing room, you know, Eric Stewart, please come to the stage for sound check. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I walk up onto the stage, and it's a beautiful theater. It's me, the sound man, and my manager. Big empty room, everybody's gone. And I play a song, or a verse and a chorus of a song. And I say, uh, how does it sound? And out to my manager. And from the wings of the stage, I hear, Sounds great. you got a good, powerful voice. I really like what you're Oh, doing. my God. <laughs> and I look over, and it's Ringo. And he, was, he had been standing there for my sound check. And so he walks out onto the stage, and I walk over to him, and I shake his hand, and I say, you know, it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much. Um, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan and, uh, you know, whatever. And he's like, you know, it's great to have you on board. And as we're parting, I punch him in the arm as if he's my old-time buddy, like, oh. like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And as we're parting, he's walking off stage right. I'm walking off stage left, and I say to myself, "You just punched a beetle. What is wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, but it was a, it was a great experience. So so Frampton was on that tour, right. and after I finished touring with uh, with um, uh, Ringo, the people at Skinner with the Skinner band saw me open for Ringo, and they needed an opening act. Mm-hmm. So three days after I got off that tour. They took me it back. It's kind of like a chain of events. For like me, I, I did 26 dates from from the West Coast all the way to New York mm-hmm. and then started three days later in New York and went all the way back the other wow. way with Skinner. Oh, out so out cool. on the road. Cool. Um, and then when I finished that, Frampton produced my record and I did two tours with my band right after that. So I was on the road for four years,
0: four tours. Was that like the longest you'd ever been out like that?
2: Just yeah. I mean, and it's, it's great because you get to see – I mean, America yeah. yeah. um, is huge, and actually, we did some. Uh, we did bigot. a show. Uh, <laughs> uh, I did a show in in, in Vancouver. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it was called. Was it? Uh, it's a your big amphitheater there. I, I, uh, named after a beer company, I think, or something. Molson Wilson Place, Canada, probably, Canada Place, Canada Place. Yeah, no, Canada okay.
1: Place is new, like yeah. super new. No, it, no, it's not. Pretty old. Uh, the Olympic one. Was it BC Canada something? Place is now or BC right? place. I don't know Either way. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Either way. Yep.
2: So, uh, so anyway. I <laughs> um, so I so it gave me a chance to really see so much of the of the country and of course a little bit outside of the country and travel like I've never traveled before. Um, but it does wear on you. You do feel like where am I? And you don't really get a chance to to like right. unless you get a day off to really experience the city um, mm-hmm. or wherever you are. But it was great. I mean, yeah, it was it was a it was a thrill. And I'd watch the show every night. I'd finish. Mm-hmm then get out, get in the audience and watch, you know, take notes from, from, from to me, the teachers, the the right. experts, you know things like that. So
1: it was great. Guys, I'm one degree of separation away from a beetle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and, and
2: another funny story was uh, uh, so you know Ringo's real name is Richard, right? Yeah. yeah. So when I first get there, they're like, okay, Richie wants this done and Richie wants that like, done, and I'm like, guy? who's Richie and why does he have so much pull? Yeah. <laughs> and Doesn't anyone like, oh, know want about want Ringo. what Ringo wants like, around oh. here? <laughs> uh, and, and then don't let the goofball act fool you; he is one of the smartest. He's a great. He's a nice man. He's one of the smartest businessmen you'll ever meet. Very organized mm-hmm. guy. Ran that show. You kind of have to be though. Super yeah. tight. Yeah. Um. And and a sweetheart of a guy. Just a very generous man. But uh, you know, the, this. He's the goofy beetle. No, he's not the goofy beetle. <laughs>
1: I think that was George. Maybe he's the Quiet Beetle. Oh, <laughs> get a right, Al. <laughs> Gosh, Alfred.
2: <laughs> just because
0: you're now one degree of separation, of <laughs> you know
2: all the Beatles.
1: No, that's, <laughs> no that, that, that's just insane to me, though, because these are these are bands I, uh, I that got me through high school. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, and,
2: and that's the other thing about the, the 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 career choices I've made. Voice acting and directing have allowed me to pay bills, mm-hmm. and as a musician, I only play original music, and so when. Because I have something to fall back on in terms of being an actor um, and being a, a director, it gave me the freedom to take music jobs with the question of where do you need me to be and how long do you want me to play, not how much are you going to pay me. Mm-hmm. Because if I had to do that with the Ringo tour, I mean, the Ringo tour actually cost me money to tour
3: because right.
2: I had to keep up with it. More. I didn't make enough. I think yeah. on my contract, it was that something like, lot. like you know, lot maximum exposure was what it said. I mean, yeah. I played to 500,000 people that year. Yeah. So... Um, and we sold a lot of albums, which I never would have done because they were there right um, So you know having a fallback plan gave me the gave me the freedom to only do the kind of music that I wanted to do mm-hmm. and have this that, that kind of experience. So uh, yeah so even if you're you know working in a bank or you know doing construction or whatever it is, you know you don't want your art to be a drag. you don't want your passion to become a drag
0: Absolutely. And I have a lot of yeah. musician
2: friends that, have found that they've fallen into certain c- scenarios where music is a job only. Yeah, like it's a rut, right? Like, And they're burnt
0: out. Yeah, they, they don't they, enjoy it. Like the the day creative that, outlet is, is, right. is almost gone, right? The
2: day that I don't enjoy playing is the day that I put the guitar down and say that's the end of it. Like, I need to write and I need to play. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, I'm playing a show today, and if, if there's one person in the audience, I'll put on a show for you mm-hmm. because that's what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, there'll be more than one person, but yeah. that's my passion. Whereas if it was like well what we are we don't charging for you admission? We don't and, each one of you, you know, and you how you much am it. I you know, that's that's not that's not why I play music. It's right. never been why I exactly. play. Mm. Yeah.
1: Um we are running short on time. We I, I
0: have one more ad read to do, so um, I'm gonna interrupt.
1: Y- Since nineteen
0: ninety six, Memory Express has established a leadership position as the premier destination for computer products and services across Western Canada, with stores in Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Whether you're looking to build your own gaming machine, need a new high definition flat screen TV, or just want information on computers and electronics, Memory Express is here to help. If you're looking to purchase online, Canada wide flat rate shipping is available for only $8.99 for all orders under 50 pounds. That's like three whole PC builds plus accessories. Visit MemoryExpress.com for all your home electronics needs today. We want to thank Memory Express for sponsoring our Hearthstone
1: tournament here at Aurora 2016. Uh, Just on that note, that was a very good place to end, by the way, Eric. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Yeah, thank you. uh, So, if you guys want to see more of Eric, uh, your concert is at 4 o'clock in the Orpheus Theater.
2: and Your music can be found on. Uh, you can go to either my website ericstewart.com. Uh, if you want to stream and not actually pay me a lot of money. You can go to Spotify. Um, ooh, if you, uh, <laughs> ooh, that's not. Oh, that's <laughs> a whole other podcast. Uh, uh, but you can get yeah, you can get my music all over. I mean, uh, we've got seven albums. We're about to do our uh, eighth album right now. And actually, wow. just if I can end on this one other sort of bittersweet note. Um, we're doing a new album to raise money for uh, a longtime band member that's uh, dealing with prostate cancer right now. Oh, no. uh, his name is Phil Nix, and he is—he's uh, played with me for over 20 years, and um, he's gone through surgery and he's recovering right now. But we thought. Let's do two really good things for him. One, if we could do a new album so that he had something positive to focus on besides hospital rooms and stuff like that, because mm-hmm. I do believe in the in the positive thinking is a great medicine. Correct. Um, but also the proceeds from the album will go towards helping him out because as a freelance musician, uh, being physically unable to do a lot of stuff can really affect how he can pay his bills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Correct. if you go to the site, you know, you can donate to the to the cause, but yeah, we're working on a new record for Phil, so there you go! Awesome. awesome, that sounds good.
1: Awesome, I think I will go do that. Yeah, me too. Um, okay, so uh, as well, you do have q and A Q&A panel tonight at eight PM. Yes. So, if uh, you guys want to hear more from Eric? Uh, Here, we asked more. all our questions. We'll asked all a, our questions. Benefit, yeah. Now right? I'm 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 done. I'm 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 one degree away, separation <laughs> away <laughs> from Ringo Starr. <laughs> zero, so zero. So I'm, I'm Separation <laughs> away from Brock. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Exactly. Thanks,
2: guys. You guys, you're, you have a great you have a great podcast and good questions. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank, well, thank you. you. Thank um, you so much. for having So thank you for your
1: audience. For joining us, uh, just yeah. for uh, for our podcast. Thank our you. Our next for... panel
0: coming up is Bento Bonzai, which is hosted by me and yeah. this guy. <laughs> yeah, our so
1: that's a extreme eating they contest. If you guys want are Hi, into that, are. so um, <laughs> thank you very much, Eric, for joining us. Thank uh, you. No. This is Please, gonna be...
0: uh, We want to thank uh, Funimation now, Escape Room, and uh, Memory Express. Yep. And also, uh, you can find us on. Uh, youtube for all of our episodes uh like comment and subscribe please
1: yeah thank you um if you you like what you hear then please support us uh this is alfred signing off this is jay goodbye
3: dio see you later
2: gotta catch them all (laughs) pokemon (laughs) thanks guys thank you bye guys